1: Hello, my name is Stephanie Preisner, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Basically. It's all in the name, really. The show makes things basic for people. We've done episodes about world religions. We've done episodes about COVID. We've done episodes, a lot of episodes about mental health and different aspects of mental health to make things accessible to people. One of the great things about the podcast is that you can contact me and let me know what topics you would like. So have a listen, see if anything tickles your fancy. And if there's something there that you think is missing, please get in touch with the show. We'll cover the topic and then you can listen to it. We're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network so you can find us on headstuffpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon.
0: Hello everybody, you're very welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, I'm your host today, Paul Butler-Lennox. Um, thanks a million, everybody um, who's listening, who came along to our FNI Expo um, on Saturday, which was incredible. It was. Um, it's really wonderful to see so many people engaging and so positive and so um, alert and um, just, you know, ready to get back out there again after uh, COVID-19. And um, it's wonderful. Like, we had really huge numbers, like uh, over 150 people turned up. So we're really, really, really appreciative that people took time out of their days, especially over uh, at a weekend when, you know, they may have been working, um, you know, a long week. So it's really appreciative. And also our speakers and, uh, and, and everybody, volunteers that, that took part. And, of course, our Rap Chat team um, who were hosting... Uh, you know different sessions throughout today, but most of all thank you so much to screen ireland for supporting the event um and in general for helping out fni over the last number of years um just that um that pat on the back and little bit of support that they give um and they try to they, they, they don't forget any of their children which is wonderful um so we really really appreciate that And also to the Dublin Brewing Company as well for providing some excellent gargle, which everybody enjoyed as well afterwards. So thanks so much for that, and of course, uh, uh, and also also wonderful, um, and and also thanks for the wonderful support from Northern Soul for after party um, as well. Much obliged, mucho obliged. Uh, So today um, we have um, a festival director from Manchester. (laughs) <laughs> uh which we're really delighted uh, to, to we're, invite, we're really delighted to have invited uh Greg Thorpe in today to talk about the Gaze Film Festival. G A Y G A Z E. Z G A Z E. That's the one. Gaze I see what you did there. <laughs> um uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about the Gaze Film Festival if you're if you're not familiar guys. Um, It was established in 1992. Uh, The festival's mission is to advance equality and promote visibility of LGBTQ experiences by showcasing and celebrating these narratives on screen. Uh, It was formerly known as the Dublin uh, Lesbian and Gay Film Festival. Gays International Film Festival celebrates LGBTQ storytelling, and it runs this September from Wednesday the 28th until the 15th of October and it's an incredible lineup it's on in the ifi and in the lighthouse that's correct and there's an incredible um uh, um program this year as there is every year but it's the 30th anniversary so there's an extra special effort going on and it's on for nearly two weeks how are you doing welcome thank you thank you for having me you're very welcome um so tell
1: us a little bit about your artistic journey greg Um, So I've been (laughs) programming mostly LGBT work, um, kind of across all different disciplines for about 15 years. Started out as a DJ and a club promoter and then started programming performance and then moved from there into theatre and then ran the arts program at Manchester Pride for about six years. And that was just that was really like the blossoming of everything for me because I got to work with the most incredible artists, you know, from all different backgrounds, mm-hmm. helping them to get work made that spoke about their life, their creative practice, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. Like working with artists is, is my favorite thing. And then finding a home for the work that they make is like the fruits of that labor, I suppose. Sure. So, yeah, so this is very much my bag, like working with, you know, um, creative work this way. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, are you, you're 50% in Dublin and you're 50% Yeah, in, Man-
1: in Manchester? Pretty much, yeah. So uh, I, I work, I've been in Manchester for 25 years Yeah. Um, and my other job, my other main role is working for like an independent artist community. There's about 200 artists and we've got this old Georgian mill in Salford that we're just finishing doing up and yeah. We, we
0: used to have those before they took all those buildings back and, yeah. and, and, and put hotels there.
1: We had a long, long battle to keep that building, um, and we were successful. But lots of our peers weren't, so we're kind of our job is to keep that building for artists in perpetuity. Now that's that's mm-hmm. the goal. And the rest of the time, I'm I'm here. Yeah. So my my family are all Dubliners. Yes. yes, but they all live in England, but my <laughs> partner's family is still in Dublin, so right. I get to stay with his family when I'm here, which makes all of my work possible, so thankfully. So there's a
0: duality of, of, of uh, identity there.
1: Yeah, you? definitely. Yeah. I mean, my partner's Irish-Australian, I'm English-Irish. Yeah. We've got four passports in our house. <laughs> We're very lucky. That, that, that
0: comes in handy with Brexit.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I wanted to feel like European still, and I do when I'm here, so that's really important to me. Yeah, I think yeah. it is for
0: most uh people with common sense yeah Um, absolutely so just uh, if you can talk we'll we'll get on to the festival in in a little bit but it's all we also like to talk to people about kind of their artistic experiences and practices um what kind of artists kind of operate in the space that you manage um is it like multidisciplinary? like fine artists
1: and you name it i mean we have like video artists painters dancers and because of the kind of community that we are, it's Islington Mill is the place that that I, that I do that work. Because of the kind of community we are, people kind of come to the mill yeah. to figure out if they want to be artists. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are not, you know, fine art trained or anything like that. It's very much about experimentation and collaboration. And so you might turn up as an animator <laughs> and you might leave as a sculptor. I mean, that happens. It's a wonderful about. thing. I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah, part
0: of, you know, it's part of that kind of. I mean, that's, I suppose, for a lot of people, especially from working class backgrounds, they feel as if they can't engage with those worlds yeah, yeah. because it's a bit snobbish. Or, yeah, definitely.
1: Or, uh, and then I think class is the big thing that we don't talk about. Like, for, I grew up in the <laughs> middle of Blackpool, like, single right. parent family, and. I didn't know about the art world I didn't know that it was a thing we didn't go to galleries I think when you're young and working class you don't know that those things are available especially not available for free and I work still with a lot of young working class artists who've not been to the local museum or gallery Mm. because they don't know but that's good in a way that's kind
0: of wonderful because they're not uh, influenced in a negative way by anything You know? yeah
1: absolutely they're kind of unspoiled in a way yeah Um, and (laughs) so that's kind of yeah so that's my, my background but I also love kind of curatorial and programming work I've done a lot of visual art exhibitions and theater programs and, and obviously a lot of cinema programming as well and it's nice to work at both ends so yeah, working yeah, no. the grassroots where the work's coming from and then figure out where it's going to live as yeah. well is a nice process so you're me. like a
0: puppet master of creativity <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that makes I it, shall put that over yeah, there that um, makes that,
1: it sound like people do what i ask <laughs> them which they never do but it's all yeah, good you <laughs> um
0: so tell us a little bit about kind of your film influences and how that applies to your passion in terms of the festival
1: yeah i mean so uh, the the film kind of the film background that i'm from is very much kind of like diy shorts that kind of thing and people yeah. making films um you know to record their performances making pop videos for each other yeah. or making like it's that kind abstract. of gor- gorilla, gorilla yeah film very much so um and i uh, and it's proved to me that you know that First of all, that filmmaking is is community based. So when you get sent, when I get sent an incredible short film, what I see is that there's been a creative community at work. I've, like I love the idea of the auteur and everything, but film is collaborative, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it suits the queer community so well. And I think that's why we're so good at it because we work <laughs> we work collaboratively. It's the nature of our community. Sure, so yeah. that's kind of the background that I'm I'm from really. And it's interesting when you, I mean, I've probably watched 400 films in the last god I don't know five months to put this program together are you
0: creating as well uh, yeah, uh,
1: okay. yeah. So I, we, ha, I, I, so I'm like the main programmer, but I have a team of programmers as well. Sure. Fortunately, um, but but the inequality. It's a lot of films
0: to watch for anybody of, of any of genre, films. of any yeah. Story. And
1: it is to keep your <laughs> to keep your kind of critical faculties sharp. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. because
0: you have to try to be as objective as possible. Yeah, right? and
1: yeah. Like the and the thing is, you will find it with any program of, of creative work is that the inequalities that we live with show up in the work. Mm-hmm. you know so there's a certain amount of privilege that comes through so i'm very much attached to kind of the low budget let's see what we can make because it reflects the material reality of sort of how some yeah. people live so in terms of quality there's lots of other things at play you know yeah. And that's uh, kind of exciting I, mean, I was
0: involved with and there's one in manchester as well um the, are you familiar with the Kino movement yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. One in manchester mm-hmm. so i would have been there actually oh great um and, and jenny shout out to jenny and and some other people that were involved back then. Um, the genesis of that kind of everybody just mucking in and then if yeah. it happens to be brilliant, it's like, see, you don't need money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But it's more about the endeavor yeah. and, and everybody kind of chipping in. I think
1: know? so. And with film especially, you kind of get your rewards after you've made the film. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to sacrifice, you know, your time, your vision, do all of that in the home. Your integrity, yeah. your, your
0: money, <laughs> I your mean, relationships with uh, others. It's,
1: it's taxing. <laughs> I mean, it's a, re- it's a real commitment. And... You don't know who's going to see it yeah. or what kind of impact it's going to make, you know. So you, you put all of that out there. And that's mm-hmm. why it's such a responsibility for a film programmer to take all this work seriously. Because you yeah. can see the the effort that's gone into it. Plus you, know? you
0: also have to, you know, I mean, different pieces of work have different values, as you say, for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. And you program accordingly to that yeah. as well. And also, exactly. also there's a demographical considerations yeah, well, i mean you know? the
1: considerations that we take uh, you know on, account of are I mean, there's a lot. So mm. we have a finite number of programming slots. First of all, we want it to represent LGBTQ and the rest of our community. We also want it to be international. The international part of the festival is really, really important. Yeah. And if you were to sit down and forget about all that and just choose your 20 favorite films, it would it might look very different to that. Yeah, and it's also
0: yeah. it, it's a taste thing as well. What you might like, other people don't like. So yeah, you don't exactly. Everybody can you?
1: Yeah. yeah, and we. I mean, this year especially, I think because of we're coming out of the you know what the c-word um the, the the there's been a huge upswing in the number of films being made so we've seen more film i mean we had more films submitted than ever before mm-hmm. um and that's amazing but it's also a challenge but the challenge that i took on was that we would find a home for as many good films as possible so our online program is very different this year we've got we're f- screening films at culture night as part of the festival oh, we're going to be screening uh, at the Complex Gallery for 10 days after the cinema program's finished. So we found a way to to find homes for like most of our favorite stuff. It's yeah. a wonderful
0: thing as well in that um, yeah, I mean, it's, what, two weeks long,
1: all, all in all? Yeah, so the, the cinema program's five days, and then there'll be uh, 10 days of programming at the Complex after that. So it runs a lot longer than usual, and that's because it's a special anniversary yeah, year as 30, well, 30th yeah, anniversary. yeah, which is a big deal.
0: Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the programme um, or highlights of the programme um, and what's, what people should watch out for? Um, and maybe kind of dispel some of the kind of myths around um, the, a programme such as this yep. and, and how it might be accessible to communities that are not LGBTQ. Yeah, absolutely. No. I think
1: that's the challenge for any kind of, I guess, like minority programmer is mm. that you you program with and for your community but actually you know the the place we want to end up is that our films and our the most culture. bombs on the seats it's exactly. still a festival <laughs> yeah and i think you yeah. find that you do have those uh, those crossover moments like i think everyone is waiting for the next moonlight uh, you know that yeah. will cross over and that will break down those those barriers and there are films in this program that like the opening film Wildhood, for instance mm-hmm. And the the documentary Nelly and Nadine. I mean, these to me are films for all time. That that they're, they're, they're extraordinary, mm-hmm. and the fact that their protagonists identify a certain way so is. I, I mean, the power of the story is is incredible. So that's a challenge for anyone to to sort of say you know, this film This film program is universal. Yeah. It's just that the specificities of the lived experience come from our community. Okay. I would love people to see. And actually, we've got a really strong documentary program. And I think documentary aficionados are perhaps a little bit bro- more broad-minded about the work sure. that they see. Um, And the other thing that we've really kind of pushed the boat out with this year is the way that we present our shorts program. So in the past... Um, there's been very much a focus on these are the shorts for gay men and these are the shorts for lesbians and these are the shorts for the trans community. And that isn't really how and we does, live. Does
0: that have to be that way? No, that way I mean, like it's, it, right?
1: it's proved to be a successful kind of um, program. Quite a
0: niche, so you know that a yeah. lot of people turn up for something Yeah, thing. and,
1: and yeah. people do enjoy that and, yeah. you know, that there's no harm in that. But I think it's time to find... A new way of doing things and so we've programmed thematically and yeah. um, so we have things like the art of imagination which is very much like fantasy science fiction animation Then we have the art of dress which is very much about you know our relationship with clothing and image and drag <laughs> and all of that yeah, yeah. and then we have the art of cruising which is like not just about like gay cruising but about Cruising as a metaphor. So there's a film about pickpockets. There's yeah, a yeah, film yeah. about a gondolier <laughs> in Venice. So we're <laughs> we're really like playing with these ideas, and yeah, and that's kind of our experiment. And hopefully, people will get into it because really the films have to speak for themselves. Then once we've got you in, yeah. Uh, but that's the one thing that we've been certain of in the beginning is that the quality of these films are. I mean, they're outstanding, especially the Irish shorts this year. That's been really, really encouraging how many good Irish shorts have been submitted. So many that we've had to kind of find different homes for them. So we'll have one block of Irish shorts.
0: You have so so many shorts, you don't know what to do. Exactly.
1: And that's a lovely position for a programmer to be in. I mean, God knows
0: with the explosion of of LGBTQ, am I supposed to say I?
1: You can say I or plus or plus, yeah. Um, I don't want to say I in case we don't have any in-sex programming in there, and I don't think we do, but I would love to see some <laughs> if anyone's listening. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah. Um, with the influx of it, and especially in, in, particularly in the film and TV community, and how much, so much size seismic amounts of funding have been there to set, to to make that work. Yeah. And create a home for that storytelling. Yeah in the more commercial realm and yeah so it's wonderful to hear that's happening and everybody not that they should feel as if they have to try and wedge it in or accommodate it i mean it's always been there and exactly, real yeah. filmmakers always know and appreciate good work yeah regardless of the subject matter or yeah exactly or whatever um so like and just explain this to me and this is not necessarily for my benefit but maybe for some of the listeners i mean what is like what is queer cinema what is that so i mean to me Queer cinema is, it's not
1: just uh, a, a, about identity, it's a—it's kind of a, a, a more expansive way of, of looking at uh, filmmaking. So it might not necessarily be that queer cinema tells a story that's recognisably LGBTQ, yeah. but it's something that's not normative. You know, the most exciting queer art, to me, um, comes at things from a really interesting angle mm-hmm. and you might not necessarily recognise the queer aspect of it straight away, but it's kind of seditious and dangerous and mm-hmm. fun. Um and it and very often it's not just about playing with storytelling, it's about playing with the medium it, itself, mm-hmm. you know, so analyzing and antagonizing and playing films, with tropes and stuff as all well. All of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess the end goal um for all artists is not to to, to have to be prefigured by You know i'm a gay filmmaker i'm a queer filmmaker that those identities are very important to us but sometimes um
0: well they take you away from the they take you away from the mainstream current right yeah it's like being a black filmmaker or a working-class filmmaker yeah and a socialist filmmaker.
1: yeah and i think it's assumed that those viewpoints can't be universal and they very much can be absolutely but i do also feel that like minority artists especially are expected to sort of perform their you know, identity and perform their anguish. And and queer to me is a project to kind of pull that apart, you know, and say, there is no such thing as normal. There is no such thing as a mainstream. Let's really play with that. Um, And yeah, and that's why having, you know, the opportunity to program at Gaze has been really exciting because we've managed to find a home for things that are, you know, very commercial, traditional, fantastic, high budget features, But also, you know, really renegade, small, (laughs) dangerous and fun. And you can find what you want in the festival. You can tailor it to yourself. And the other important thing was to me to have some of the festival uh, for free. I mean, you know, this is an expensive place to live an expensive place to experience culture mm-hmm. in you know and the 10 days of programming at the complex will be free for anyone to come along that's wonderful. and there's three in conversations with Dublin filmmakers because that's who the thing I wanted to do was to close the gap between the festival and local filmmakers because we're international I think people sometimes think we're shooting over the heads of the local mm-hmm. filmmaker and that's not my approach at all so the first thing I did when I took the post was to have an artist social so I met as many filmmakers in Dublin as I could and I want to keep those yeah. relationships going so so, yeah, and that's the other thing about queer cinema is that it comes from community very often. Yeah. You know, um, like I was saying, every film is represents a collaboration um, and it's egalitarian and it's, you know, community driven. So, yeah, those are my, that, that's my that's opinion a anyway.
0: Yeah. That's why you're here. Yeah. Take care of business. I think
1: so, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I'm doing it.
0: Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the complex is great. And if you haven't been into the new complex, the complex around the corner used to be, um, a lot smaller the new one is huge massive warehouse spaces it's
1: incredible space yeah and they've been really great to work with and Vanessa, yeah, them yeah yeah and mark the the curator there so we're really excited because a lot of the films that we get sent they're they're clearly, you know, are from an art visual arts background. They're not necessarily narrative. It would be hard to find a home for them in a shorts program, but in a gallery, they flourish. Sure, yeah. You know, that's the, that's the, you, I think a lot of these filmmakers have made them with galleries in mind. Sure. And it's really nice that we can find that home
0: for them now. Yeah, where well, they know. have a sense of where they can walk around and, and interact with the work. Exactly. More so than that kind of rigid, um, Normal setting of a cinema where you're
1: yeah. stuck there you yeah know? and the, the other thing is like the offer to the filmmakers was you know you might have been expecting to see your work in a cinema but if we put it in the gallery it's going to play 40 times as opposed <laughs> to one so it's a good deal it's yeah a good no deal. yeah it's, it's a good offer
0: but yeah there's more there's plenty more there than yeah and some
1: of the best work that we've had this year is going to be in the gallery so i'm really excited about yeah that. from an expert yeah. like
0: uh, i'm a director as well and an actor and from an experimental point of view i mean some of that stuff where you just kind of stumble into a viewing of something can be the best stuff. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, like even from a th- like a theater perspective, some of the shows that I went to see were so um, unexpectedly um, sideshowish. Yeah. Or were you know played like I went to see a, a play years ago called Fers and Brutus* at the at the Fringe in Edinburgh. Right. And just the the anticipation of the unknown of that and walking into that space and yeah. then just you know it, it really entering into someone else's world and having your you know your senses stimulated in some ways that you maybe weren't expected yeah those experiences are often the best ones yeah absolutely um,
1: arriving without any preconceptions sure. is sometimes a or, gray, having, or right. having a preconception and, and then going and having it completely yeah. change you yeah.
0: know um, on whatever on whatever it is you're you're you're, you're um interacting with you know yeah. um highlights of the program by name okay Tell people what to see so i know you don't have favorite kids no but, but, i on. mean
1: every time i do this it's different and that's probably a good thing so uh, the opening and closing films are really important because to yeah. me they're kind of they're set they're set apart from the rest of the program because they do something specific so the opening night we're showing wildhood which is a, a, like an indigenous canadian mm-hmm. feature um and to me that's important because i it signifies kind of the future of cinema to me because these are stories that we didn't see 30 years ago when the festival started um and then the closing film girl picture which is a Finnish um uh, feature is about teenage. I, I, should, I should hope it's finished yeah finish. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> hey, um it's about uh, teenage girls um and it's a real kind of feel good film but the below the surface of it there's there's something really interesting happening which is it's it's a coming of age tale where queer kids and straight kids are together i think we're very used to the narrative where the queer kid has to run away and be separated and start again and this imagines a present and therefore a future where queer kids are not separated from that so they're coming of age together and there's a beautiful message there that left a really big impact on me and i was like that's what the future of this story looks like so that's how i've bookended that's, the I, festival I think that's yeah. Quite,
0: yeah like without getting too deep into the subject matter i mean that's a lot of like um of my friends i've one or two friends who whose kids are um at that transitional stage it's their yeah. lives and exploring things and it's, you know, that exactly thematically what you're saying there yeah. in that narrative is what's happening in schools in in, in schools in Dublin now. Yeah. Is that it's, you know, kids are more together. Yeah. They are more standing up for each other. Yeah. They I mean, are engaging really, with each other That's so, so much true.
1: More. And it's not true for everyone, but those stories are there and yeah. they need to be told. And when I see mixed friendship groups mm-hmm. of LGBT kids and their straight friends who yeah. have each other's backs, I mean nothing moves me more than that. Yeah. yeah. And this film speaks to that experience. Very I I, I much, say so, that yeah. as like
0: firsthand experience of a friend of mine who's um you know, whose daughter is having a an experience like that where she's like, Oh you know, I think yeah. I may be this or I maybe that yeah. and her boyfriend is having the same thing and they're quite young, like yeah. eleven or twelve. Right. And it's just it's it's so um it's 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 so um exciting to see what as a culture we could become yeah where people are not ostracized based on exactly on, on, and the fact on, that, on anything like yeah. the color of their skin their race their yeah. sexuality their and beliefs.
1: and i think the thing about filmmakers is is they help us to get there yeah i think they imagine or they represent things that we can aspire to socially and yeah. culturally and they give you a language and a set of emotions and yeah 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 we live
0: vicariously through their uh, experiences yeah. on experiences to help us understand I, other people
1: i think so and i think it's still true of a lot of people that their first encounters with who will one day be their community comes through the screen. And that might be your your phone. It might be social media or it might be cinema. Mm -hmm. And so those stories are really important. And then for the rest of the festival, the bulk of the festival, I really wanted to program with a couple of things in mind. One was because it's an anniversary year that I wanted to look back and kind of pay respects to just our incredible history as as a community globally, the Mm -hmm. things that we've survived, the things that we do, the things that we're good at, you know, the struggles. Mm -hmm. And so that's why there's a lot of documentary work in there, extraordinary documentaries, you know, about, um, you know, uh, gay men in the Vietnam War, about lesbians who not only survived the Holocaust, but built this incredible life together. Um, and f- films about, you know, artists from the queer art explosion of the eighties who didn't become famous. There's an incredible <laughs> film called make me famous, which is about that. It's got the best archive footage of like downtown New York in the eighties that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so there's the heritage aspect get excited a bit, be in touch with our heritage and in our history and see what we've survived. And then the other thing is about the art of film itself. Like what's exciting about filmmaking. So that's why I've run with those themes, like the art of cruising, the art of experience, Mm-hmm. To really lean into, like our funding is described as provided by the, the
0: Arts, Arts Council, Dublin City Council, yeah. the <laughs> Lighthouse Cinema,
1: <laughs> yeah, and Accenture, an Accenture. Our partners. Um, and so, the art of film is like the yeah. core of any film festival. So, we've really took the opportunity to play with that. That's why we've got films in an art gallery. Mm-hmm. That's why our shorts program is playing around with these themes. So, to celebrate film and to celebrate us, they're two such obvious themes for a for a anniversary festival, yeah. but. The, the work was there to support them, and it's just it's turned out into a beautiful program, hopefully. Yeah, it seems I think. Li- yeah. so
0: expansive and yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. I hope day. that everyone
1: can see themselves in there somewhere. And also, not every festival can do everything, and we have loads of ideas that we can carry over to next year as well, which is a nice place to be. Yeah. I
0: might ask you just in terms of the online program, just yeah. for a lot of people, because you know this goes out across the country, and yeah. there'll be a lot of filmmakers or, or audience members who can't make it up for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, what can they expect and where would they find that catalogue? Is it on the IFI Yeah, so
1: IFI are going to be our um, at-home partners again this year. And for the online programme, we very much wanted it to be not like a, a B version of the festival, to be its own thing. And what we're learning about kind of the way that people watch things online at home now it's very different i think in the pandemic we all wanted to know we were sitting down at the same time to watch the same thing for, to make up for, for that sense of community media, exactly yeah, yeah. but i think those days are gone now so our online program will be live for seven days you can watch it whenever you want it will have a handful of our favorite features from the from the main festival, because we think it's really important that the rest of the country sees those. It will have most of our favourite Irish shorts on there in one form or another. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a special programme of films that I just think suit the online at-home experience really well. These are films that are an hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to place an hour-long film into a cinema programme. It's perfect for watching at home. Yeah. So we've got five one-hour international films which are a mixture of documentary and narrative and i think that there's an appetite for that kind of work at home And they're just incredible. You know, there's one called Death and Bowling, which is just the most amazing thing I've seen for ages. Death death and Bowling. And (laughs) And it's about, the backdrop is about a lesbian 10-pin bowling league. Mm -hmm. But the main story is about a young transgender actor who is trying to find himself and his place as an artist and a voice. And it's just so inventive and brilliant. Um, And yeah, so hopefully the online program will look really special. And the other thing is that we're experimenting, you know. And So I really want to know after the festival what people loved what they would change you know i'm very open as a curator i'm very much in conversation with the audience i mean hopefully (laughs) i'd much rather sit around the table with a bunch of people but the online program is pretty special and most of our favorite shorts have found a home there as well um so yeah hopefully and it will start as once the cinema cinema program's finished the online program will kick off then so you uh, don't after need to the, choose after the five days after yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you can so even doubling audiences who think they might have seen everything at the festival they haven't because there's online exclusive stuff as well as well bonus yeah. content yes think, bonus yeah, your content. dvd
0: extras yeah think extra of it like a dvd speak. extra <laughs> um so how important do you think it is to to have the festival so visible in such big institutions like the ifi yeah i think it's yeah lighthouse as well
1: yeah i think it's great i mean the ifi is the original home of the lesbian and gay film club Mm -hmm. um and um you know they were real pioneers because it was a year before decriminalization Mm -hmm. um so you know in a sense it's older than you know the the decrim uh, movement in this country and that's really important and having like studied the IFI
0: were, were cool before it was killed cool yeah
1: begin. exactly <laughs> they were there from the very beginning and the festival has moved between those two venues and yeah. now we've kind of got an equal split between ifi and lighthouse and they're both really really special venues and i think any LGBTQ film festival it does two things it kind of supports its community and it asks questions and it it acts as a bit of an agitator and an activist but also it serves the city that it's in like it's very good you know it's very nice for a city like Dublin or London to be able to say hey look we're really cosmopolitan we support an LGBTQ film festival and i think the job of the film festival is to move strategically between those two things to stay dangerous and interesting and relevant and to ask for more you know um and we've got really great partners in accenture the important thing about the accenture relationship is that that came from the lgbt staff they wanted to find a way to get connected to lgbtq culture in the city so everything that we've done has been kind of community driven and I, I'm really appreciative to all of those institutions and I also think they're really lucky to have us which is a nice place to be yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> absolutely
0: tell me um I, presumably there's some talks as well that people might be able to attend yeah key, key so
1: we've we've got some really great um, kind of panel events happening and the film that I mentioned before Make Me Famous um, the producers will be the producer and director for that film will be there to gossip about 1980s New York <laughs> which is what my favourite thing to do is Um, And then we've got an incredible documentary called In Her Words, which is like a vast survey of lesbian writers from the 20th century. And I mean, if you have a favorite lesbian writer, she's in this film. It's absolutely amazing. And we've got a really great panel talking about that work afterwards. Um, And then, you know, there'll be um, the Irish shorts. Filmmakers will be there. A handful of them will be there to talk about the work that we're showing. That's what I'm really excited about, getting close to Irish filmmakers. Mm -hmm.
0: Greg, thanks a million for your time and coming in. Um, guys, it's on from the 28th. Um, that's, that, what day
1: is Wednesday that? the 28th. Wednesday the 28th. Yeah, until the Sunday, the 2nd is the cinema programme. And then until the 15th of October, we're at the Complex with our free gallery programme.
0: Yeah, quite literally something for everybody. Absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's celebrating its 30th year. So don't miss it and lend your support and support local. And international. Um, Thanks a million. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping in and uh, continued success. Thank you. Thanks a lot. The podcast studios are opening their doors to everyone this Culture Night. Come see the place where your favourite Headstuff Podcast Network shows are made. Get behind the scenes access, learn about production and record your very own five minute podcast. This is an opportunity not to be missed. Join us Friday the 23rd of September. Register on eventbrite.ie or see the Culture Night website for more details. We look forward to seeing you there.